الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ومن اقتدى بسنته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد So after this we continue the hadith of today We're going to be in ta'ala study three narrations on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam pertaining to fasting, two pertaining to uh, the rulings of one that is uh, a traveller and is fasting and some benefits from these hadith and likewise the hadith of Aisha radiallahu ta'ala in making up uh, the fasts uh, that she uh, owed the time of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam The next hadith which is the fourth hadith in this chapter Qala al-Mu'allif rahimullah An-Jabirin wa An-Jabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahu anhuma Qala Kana Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam fi safarin فرأى زحاما ورجلا قد ظلل عليه قال ما هذا قالوا صائم قال ليس من البر السيام في السفر and that is that جابر بن عبد الله said that the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم was on an excursion or expedition or a journey and then he saw a crowd of people he saw a crowd of people and a man was being shaded by them by any by the crowd and then he sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said what's the matter what is this and they said saimun they said he is a, a, a man that is fasting ثم, then he said sallallahu alayhi wasallam لَيْسَ مِنَ الْبِرِّ السِّيَامُ فِي السَّفَرِ He said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that it is not righteousness that you fast on a journey. It is not righteousness that you fast on a journey. وَفِي لَفْظٍ لِمُسْلِمٍ عَلَيْكُمْ بِرُخْصَةِ اللَّهِ أَلَّتِي رَخَّصَ لَكُمْ And in the wording of Muslim, where he said that the Messenger ﷺ, he said, Upon you is to take the leeway that Allah has given to you. Upon you is to take the leeway, the rukhsa, or the rukhas, the leeway that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to you. This is the text from Al Maqdasi rahimahullah ta'ala in Umrat al Ahkam. Regarding this uh, excerpt or portion of this book, we'll deal with a few points. The first point is the Mawdu' al-Hadith. A title that we can give to this Hadith. And the title we can say is Hukm al-Sawm fi safar liman yashuk alayhi. And that is the ruling of fasting whilst on a journey 
for the one who finds it difficult or it's difficult and hard, very hard for him. That is a title that we can give to this hadith. That's Nuqtatul Ula. That's the first point. The second point is the Rawi. We have a new narrator that we haven't studied before. And that Rawi is Jabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahu anhuma. Sahabiyun ibn Sahabi. Is Jabir ibn Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Haram al-Ansari al-Sulami. His name is Jabir and his father's name is Abdullah. And Jabir is a Sahaba, a companion of, mes- of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, like his father. So we say, Radiyallahu Anhuma. Like we say for Abdullah ibn Umar. Who is Abdullah ibn Umar? Abdullah is a Sahabi, and his father, Umar, is a Sahabi. So we say, Radiyallahu Anhuma. That's the uslub of the people of Hadith when mentioned in. The Sahabi, الذي هو ibn al-Sahabi, is mentioned in the companion who's a son of another companion. And he, Abdullah uh, Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu he fought in all of the battles with the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, except for Badr and Uhud, because he was commanded by his father. To look after his sisters. He had a lot of sisters. Radiyallahu ta'ala anhuma. Jabir ibn Abdullah. And his father. When his father was. Uh, martyred. In the battle of Uhud. His father was martyred in the battle of Uhud. Jabir ibn Abdullah. He married an older woman. A mature Sahabiyya, companion of the Messenger وسلم, to help him nurture and look after his sisters. So he cared a lot for his sisters, Jabir ibn Abdullah. When his father died, he married a Sahabiyya, female companion of the Messenger وسلم, who was experienced and older in order for her, her maturity, perhaps her maturity would aid in the nurturing of his sisters. So he cared a lot about his sisters, radiallahu And Jabir ibn Abdullah was from the muhaddithun. He was from those who narrated frequent narrations and a lot of narrations and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. And we have mentioned a few of these individuals who have, radiallahu anhum, Amazing people who have narrated frequent narrations from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he's one of them. And inshallah, after we've done his biography, we'll revise all of those that we have mentioned. And he, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, is considered someone with ilm, vast knowledge. And spent his life aiding in the preservation of the Sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he died in Medina. He died in Medina, radiallahu anh, 
in the year 74 in the year 74 after the migration of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam from uh, mecca to medina point number 3 as promised we're going to revise those companions who are considered the muktirun who are frequent narrators uh, from the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam Imam Ahmed rahimahullahu ta'ala he said sittatu min ashabi an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam akthar riwaya anhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said that six companions of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam they narrated frequently and a lot from him. وَأُمِّرُوا And they lived long lives. So these companions narrated the most from the Messenger wasallam, and they lived long lives. And they were called the Muktirun. They were called Mada al Muktirun. Those who narrated a lot from the Messenger wasallam. He said Abu, Abu Hurairah you mentioned Abu Huraira, radiyallahu anhu. This is from Imam Ahmed. Wa ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhu. Wa Aisha, Ummul Mu'minin, and Aisha, and Jabir ibn Abdullah. And Jabir ibn Abdullah, radiyallahu anhu, the rawi of this hadith. And likewise, Ibn Abbas, wa Anas, radiyallahu anhum. وَأَبُوْ هُرَارَ أَكْثَرَهُمْ حَدِيثًا And he said Abu Huraira was the most narrator from amongst them. So let's deal with them one by one. So the, 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 in order. The most narrator of the messenger, from the Messenger وسلم, is Abu Huraira. And if I were to ask you what is his name, I'm sure inshallah, Husnadhan, I'll have good thoughts for you. That you will say his name is Abdurrahman. Abu Huraira, his name is Abdurrahman ibn Sakhr. And the ulama, some have said his name is Abdullah. But his name, according to the correct opinion, is Abdurrahman. And he died in the year 59 for Umar. He lived a long life. Radiallahu anhu. He died in the year 59. And he narrated 5,374 narrations from uh, the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and that is the most from any companion the second is abdullah ibn umar ibn khattab radiyallahu anhuma and he died in the year 73 umar lived a long life also he died in the year 73 after the migration of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam to medina and the general collection of his narrations that is described to the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam from him is two thousand six hundred and thirty. So Abu Huraira is five thousand three hundred and seventy-four. Abdullah ibn Umar, radiyallahu anhum jama'in, narrated two thousand six hundred and thirty narrations from the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The third was Anas ibn Malik. Khadim and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anas ibn Malik, we studied him a couple of weeks ago and we've done his tarjama. 
As we said, he's from the Muktirun. Radiallahu an. And he, Umar, he lived the, the, he died, he was the last of these Sahaba from the Muktirun to die. And he died in the year 93. He died in the year 93 for Umar. Lived a long life. And had many children from the dua of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he had many, had a lot of wealth. From the supplications of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam for him. That was accepted from Allah. Tabarak wa ta'ala. He died in the year 93. He narrated 2,286 narrations from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. 2,286. Number four in line from the Muktireen is Umul Mu'mineen. Aisha bint Abi Bakr al-Siddiq radiyallahu anhuma that is Aisha the mother of the believers we call Umar kadhalik and she lived a long life and she died in the year 58 in the year 58 after the migration of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and I'm sure you can recall bi idnillah that she narrated 2000 210 hadith narrations and Rasulullah a hadith and Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 2210 the one after that is Abdullah ibn Abbas as is mentioned by Imam Ahmed Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu ta'ala anhu from those companions whose name was Abdullah like Abdullah ibn Umar there were, there were a group of them whose names were Abdullah and from them is him Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu and Huma, again, Sahabiyun Ibn Sahabi. He's a Sahabi, a companion, the son of another companion, the uncle of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Abbas. He died, Abdullah Ibn Abbas, who is a cousin of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He died in the year 68. He died in the year 68, Fa'umir, like Imam Ahmed, he said. And he lived a, a long life, radiyallahu an. And the jumla, the general amount of narrations from him is 1,660. 1,660 narrations he narrated from the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And number six is Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari. And that is Jabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahu anhumah, the narrator of this hadith here that we're studying. He radiyallahu an, Jabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahu anhumah, sahabiyun ibn sahabi. So his companion, the son of a companion, died in the year, as we said, 78. He died in the year Radiallahu Ta'ala Anhu. We mentioned uh, uh, 74 rather. He died in the year 74. He died in the year 74 in Medina. And uh, his uh, narrations equate to 1,540. So he narrated 1,540 narrations of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And 
The seventh, which is mentioned, and Imam Ahmed, he didn't mention it, but it's mentioned by other than him from the ulama of hadith, is Sa'id ibn Malik ibn Sinan, yani Abu Sa'id al-Khudari, radiyallahu anhu al-Ansari, again from Medina, is Ansari, radiyallahu anhu, and he, kathalika Umir, he lived a long life, radiyallahu anhu, dying in the year 74. After the migration of the Messenger وسلم, to Medina. And he narrated 1170 narrations from the Messenger. So these are the Mukthirun. And the last of them we mentioned is Sa'ad ibn Malik, yani Abu Sa'id al Khudri, and he narrated 1170 narrations from the Messenger. And the majority of these narrators were young. They were young of age. They busied themselves with the narrations of the Messenger and spent their youth learning the hadith and studying the hadith of the Messenger All of them, in fact, were young. All of them were young. And they were all young of age and lived a long life aiding the sunnah and aiding in the preservation or the son of the Messenger وسلم. So they lived a long life. When they were young, they started narrating up until their death. Radiyallahu anhum. And that's a, uh, a fight that for our, our, our youngsters that this is an example of how the youth should busy themselves. For this ayam al-dhahab, as the, the ulama have mentioned from the salaf, that is the time of gold, the golden time. And that is the time of the youth, when you are young, the youth, the stage. When you're in your teens, when you're young, when the brain is fresh, use it to memorize the hadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is what these companions did, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum ejma'in. So back to the hadith from the Mukthir here, Jabir ibn Abdullah radiyallahu anhuma, Jabir ibn Abdullah. He said that the Messenger ﷺ went on a, a journey and they saw a crowd of people and a man who was shaded by that crowd and, they, and he ﷺ said, Mahada, And they said, it's a man that's fasting. And the Messenger ﷺ, he said, Fasting whilst on a journey is not from piety. We're going to point number four of this hadith. And that is that the, he said that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, radiallahu anhu, Jabir, he said that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kana fi safr, that he was in a, on a journey. And that was a journey in Ghazwatul Fath, the conquest of Mecca. And that was in the, in, the, in the month of Ramadan, that he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in this journey. And it was in the eighth year from the Hijrah, the migration of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to Medina. The year... The eighth year after the migration of the Messenger to Medina. It's the conquest of Mecca. So it was, that was the journey that the Messenger was upon. The next point we're going to mention are some benefits generally that we can take from this hadith. Some general benefits that we can take from this hadith. The first benefit is the itina and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bi ashabihi. an ahwalihim. And that is the care of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for his companions. 
concerned at what he saw, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and the care that he had for them, and the compassion that he had for them, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, Mahada, what is this? And he's seeing that man who was uh, clearly it was a hot day, and there was Ziham, there was people gathering around him, and the Messenger وسلم, was concerned for his companions. And this is how the ruler has to be with his subjects, concerned of their condition. And this is from the benefits that the ulama have mentioned as it relates to this amazing hadith of Rasulullah. The next benefit that we can take from this hadith is المسافر مع مشقة ليس من البر. And this is an issue here that the messenger here, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that laysa min al-bir siyam fi safar. And that is, he's saying that it is not righteousness uh, to fast when you're traveling. Meaning that if somebody is on a journey and they're finding it difficult, it is not from righteousness for you to fast. I'll be patient. I'll deal with the pains. It's going to harm my health. La'a. Laysa min al-bir. The Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said it's not from righteousness. It's not from righteousness. And Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has given the rukhsah. He's given the leeway. And kana minkum maridan aw ala safarin fa'iddatun min ayyamin ukhar. He Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala he said and if any of you are sick or on a journey fa'iddatun yani aftiru and break your fast and make it up afterwards. And the days coming, yani, after that month of Ramadan. So it's a leeway that Allah has given for the traveler. So if there is any mushakka, any type of hardship, detrimental effect on one's health and so forth, then it is not from piety to continue fasting. Rather, that which is from piety, my dear beloved brothers and sisters, is to take the rukhsah and take the leeway that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is given. Which is why uh, Maqdasi rahimullah ta'ala he says, Wa fi lafdili muslim alaykum bi rukhsatillah allati rukhisa lakum. Upon you is the leeway that Allah has given. Take the leeway from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next benefit that we can take from this hadith. And that is, as, as no doubt, it's legislated to take the leeway that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the person should not harm himself when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the leeway. We take the leeway. It's from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The next benefit that we can take from this hadith is jawaz al-istiham ala ru'yatil ashya' al-gharibah. And that is the permissibility to gather around. When you see something strange. When there's something that has happened. It's permissible to gather around. Why? Because there in this hadith, Jabir ibn Abdullah, he said, The Messenger وسلم, he saw a crowd. And he saw the people were gathered around. There was a crowd. And he was being shaded by that crowd. The Messenger وسلم, did not rebuke them. He did not tell them off for gathering to see that which was strange. And that was that suffering man who was finding the fasting difficult. So here it shows the permissibility. Jawaz al-istiham ala ru'yati 
permissibility to gather around when there's something strange or odd that has indeed occurs and no doubt this is what we see occurring these days now another benefit that we can take to conclude this uh, amazing hadith on Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the statement of the mu'allif the author when he says wa fi lafzin li muslim said and the wording for muslim na'am is the wording for muslim but it's not actually based on the conditions of imam muslim rahimahullah ta'ala in his compilation of his sahih because he's in his compilation along with imam bukhari they put a condition in the hadith that from them yani these uh, scholars imam muslim and bukhari there must be a connected chain authentic connected chain up to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam this actual word in alaykum bi rukhsatillah upon you is the leeway from allah it's not actually in the condition of imam muslim in his sahih but it's actually connected in the collection of imam al-nasai in his sunan in the sunan of al-nasai rahimahullah ta'ala it's a faida hadithiya benefit uh, from the ilm hadith which has been mentioned by uh, ibn hajar al-asqalani rahimahullah and likewise uh, the muhaddith of our time imam al-albani rahimahullah ta'ala na'am after this we move on to the second hadith of the day and this hadith is an anas ibn malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu narrations from the, another narration of anas ibn malik I think a third narration from anas ibn malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu and that is qala kunna ma'a nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi safarin and we were on a journey with the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam فمنا الصائم فمنا الصائم and from us from amongst us with those who were fasting ومنا المفتر and from amongst us were those who broke their fast قال فنزلنا منزلا في يوم حار and we stopped our pace in a day that was hot so it was a hot scorching day وأكثرنا ذلا and the majority of us in that journey where we stopped at that place had clothing that was long enough to be used to shade ourselves. The majority of them shaded themselves from the heat, from the immense heat, with their garments. And from us, others, were those who used their hands to cover the put on their heads to protect themselves from the sun. So again, you can envisage that it was a very hot, scorching day. He said, Some of us used our clothes as a shade. And others used their hands to Barakallah Fikum cover themselves, uh, shade themselves from the heat. Qala, فَسَقَتَ الصَّوَّامِ And then he said, Anas ibn Malik, 
that the ones that fasted they collapsed they became weak they become they became inactive they became inactive waqam al-muftirun but those who were who broke their fast they were able to stand they had energy fadarabul abniya so then they built tents at the place that they resided because you can remember if you can envisage now ya ibad allah they were on a journey with the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they stopped at a place for break it was hot some of them used their clothing as a shade some of them who were fast some or sorry some of them were fasting and some of them were bro- broke their fast and from amongst them are those who use their clothing as shades and others use hands to shade themselves from the heat scorching heat fasaqat as-sawwam or sawwam in another narration those who were fasting collapsed but those who weren't fasting that broke their fast they stood up they had the energy they were active fadarabu al-abniya so those who broke their fast started building tents as we know these abniya these are tents that you find in the deserts not the normal tents stronger tents that they started building it in order for one to sleep uh it, when they're, they're on a journey going through the desert so you can imagine them going through the desert and they stopped at a place and then they start building tents and then those who were who broke their fast they built the tents for everyone and then they gave the camels the rakab who are the camels rakab the camels that they were using in that journey for those who rode the camels they gave the camel water they gave the camels water faqala rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam upon seeing this the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam the messenger of allah he said sallallahu alaihi wasallam dhahaba almuftiruna alyawma bil ajr that those who broke their fast today went and got the most reward they got the most reward today based on this occurrence as you can envisage the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said that the muftirun dhahab almuftirun alyawma bil ajr na'am regarding this hadith barakallahu feekum we deal with some benefits in order to get further understanding as it relates to the affair of traveling and fasting the first point is the rawi the narrator of the hadith the narrator of the hadith is anas ibn malik radiyallahu ta'ala an and if i were to ask you how many narrations did anas ibn malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu narrate from the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam bi idnillah you would say that he narrated 2000 286 narrations from the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam we have studied his biography and we won't return to it as promised point number 2 and that is the title or the heading that we can give to this hadith and that is hukmul fitr fi safar lil maslaha this is the title given by al-alama muhammad ibn salih Luthaymin rahimahullahu ta'ala al-faqih 
He said, Sheikh Muthaymin, that the title is Hukmul Fitri Fis Safari Lil Maslaha. And that is the ruling of breaking one's fast for a greater benefit. The ruling of breaking one's fast when traveling. The ruling of breaking one's fast when traveling for the greater good or the greater benefit, for the maslaha. That is the title that we can give to this fifth hadith in this chapter pertaining to fasting and traveling. Point number three. Safar, the travel or the journey that they were on. Perhaps it was still the same as Ibn Uthaymeen mentioned that perhaps it was still the same journey as in the previous hadith. And that is the conquest of Mecca. That they were travelling from Medina in the conquest of Mecca. Fighting in the way of Allah, Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And perhaps he said, Rahimullah, that this was uh, that journey. Naam. Number three. Benefit number four, rather. And that is that in this hadith, the message... Uh, uh, Anas ibn Malik, he said, that the fasting people collapse, meaning that they collapse on the, on the ground due to the difficulty in fasting and the heat, as we can imagine from the previous narrations to get to envisage, get a full picture of what was occurring. So they collapsed. They collapsed. But the fasting people, or sorry, those who broke their fast, they indeed stood up strong. After this, Barakallahu Fikum, we mentioned some nice benefits that the ulama have collated as it relates to this hadith. The first one is Jawaz al Fitr was sown lil Musafir fi Ramadan. Lian Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam akarra sahabata alayhi. That is that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he witnessed. That the Sahaba, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum, some of them were fasting and some of them broke their fast. And he did not stop the ones who uh, fasted from fasting. He did not reprimand those who broke their fast. He didn't reprimand any of them, sallallahu alayhi wa So it shows the permissibility of, fast, of fasting or breaking your fast when you're traveling. The, uh, the, the, the slave is mukhayyar. The, the servant is... Uh, makes uh, a choice is up to him in that situation when they're traveling now in Ramadan. The second benefit that we can take from this that breaking your fast is afdal in a song. That breaking your fast is more preferred or preferable than actually fasting if there is a greater good. If there is a greater good. And uh, where did we uh, get this benefit from? And that clearly is that the greater good was that they were indeed on a journey fighting in the way of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and those who broke their fast had the energy to aid their ikhwah they had the energy to aid their brothers in building those tents for darabul abniya aided them in building the tents for everyone to barakallahu fikum reside in and take shelter. وَسَقُوا rikab, And they gave and, and gave water to the camels. To aid the, their brothers. And to aid the cause. 
to get to Mecca for the conquest of Mecca. So that was a greater benefit. So in that situation, when there is a greater benefit and a greater good, it is better to break your fast and here to be strong enough to aid the journey, that important journey in traveling to Mecca to fight in the path of Allah, tabarak wa ta'ala, according to the sunnah with the Imam Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Rasulullah not like the Khawarij who claim to fight in the path of Allah by spilling blood that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not given any type of authority and permission to do so rather it's based upon the Quran and the Sunnah the rulings for jihad is based upon the Quran and the Sunnah. Just like the rulings of your salah, your prayer, is based on the Quran and the Sunnah. And the ruling of fasting, as we're studying here, is based on the Quran and the Sunnah. It's ibadah. وَمَنْ عَمِلَ عَمَنَ لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا The Messenger وسلم, said, whoever does an action that's not from our affair is rejected. So it is not jihad that Boko Haram claimed. It is not jihad that this ISIS and those who do this, these uh, atrocious acts of killing innocent people without any permission from Allah Taala, not based on the book of Allah but based upon emotions and based upon ignorance not based upon the Quran and the Sunnah not like we hear and see here in this hadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his Sahaba following the Rasul, the Messenger وسلم, establishing ibadah on the way, praying, fasting, adhering to the commands of Allah and the Messenger وسلم, legislated. Every single type of ibadah or anything that any individual claims that they're doing تَقَرُّبًا إِلَى اللَّهِ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى To get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is not in accordance to the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam you're wasting your time. It's rejected. غَيْرُ مَقْبُولَ أَبَأً مَنْثُورًا That's scattered dust. فَجَعَلْنَاهُ أَبَأً مَنْثُورًا We've made it like scattered dust in the wind that just blows away. No substance. But that which keeps it firm, that which keeps it solid, is adherence to the sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because he is a Rasul, the Messenger of Allah. And Allah has revealed to him that which is pleasing to Allah. So we take from him Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam the rulings. The kafiyah, how we worship Allah, tabaraka wa ta'ala. And if it's not based upon the Quran and the Sunnah, and it's not based upon Dalil and Hujjah, it's rejected waste of time. You're wasting energy. All you're doing is exhorting sweat. You're just getting tired. And accumulating sins for opposing the Sunnah of the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they broke their fast here, ya ibadallah, for greater good, to have energy to aid the cause 
and support the cause as it relates to uh, the conquest of Mecca. Naam. Radiyallahu ta'ala anhum. Ajma'in. The next benefit that we can take from this hadith. And that is the legislation of encouraging people to do good deeds. This is something which is taken from this hadith. Encouraging your brother, encouraging your sister, encouraging your father, encouraging your siblings, encouraging others to do good deeds. This is, this is mashru' and this is taken from this hadith. Your question is where? And that is that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam after seeing the, the action of the Muftirun seeing the actions of those who uh, broke their fast and aided their brother or their brothers and built the tents and they gave water and fed the, the camels the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said ذهب المفترون اليوم ذهب المفترون ذهب المفترون اليوم أو مفترون sorry ذهب المفترون اليوم بالأجر and that is that he said Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that those who broke their fast they get reward so this is encouraging them for doing this good deed and this is what we have to do encourage ourselves Encourage our families, encourage our children. Our children are fasting in this month of Ramadan. We encourage them. MashaAllah, Jazakallah khaira. We hope Allah accepts from you. Ya Ibni, my dear son, Ya Binti, my dear daughter. Verily, this is a noble act of obeying Allah, Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah. And inshaAllah, you get reward. And inshallah, you increase in iman. And inshallah, you increase in good deeds. Jazakallahu khairah. Encouraging those who do good deeds to increase in good deeds. And this is an example here that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he done in this hadith. Naam. Some of the ulama have mentioned that when he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ذهب المفترون اليوم بالأجر that those who broke their fast they got reward and they believe that this means that those who didn't break their fast that continued their fast they didn't get reward لا the ulama have explained in the correct opinion that the, they both got their reward. The fasting person got their reward, inshallah. And likewise, the one that broke their fast. But the one that broke their fast, their reward is muta'addiya. Or their action is muta'addi. Their action affected others. So they got reward for themselves and aided others. By building the tents and giving uh, water to the camels. That their action was they got more reward, they were rewarded more so because they aided others as well. But as for the one that kept that fasted and collapsed, he gets the reward for fasting, no doubt, but that's for himself. But the others who broke their fast that aided their brothers and built the tents, tents the abniya, the tents, so they can, salamukum Allah, have shelter and also the beasts, so they can, you know, have energy for the journey. They got their reward, their action 
was mutaaddiya it affected others so the reward was more and that's the meaning of the statement of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam dhahab al-muftirun al-yawm bil-ajr that those who <coughs> uh, broke their fast they left with more reward that's the best translation more reward the translation based upon the meanings that's been extrapolated from the ulama of hadith another benefit that we can mention and add and reflect together is the kind treatment of animals and in this we find an example of the companions radiyallahu ta'ala anhu taking care of animals and taking care of the camel where the messenger uh, where Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu an he said na'am he said wasaqu ar-rikab wasaqu ar-rikab and that is that they uh, gave water to the camels. And this shows the importance of taking care of the animals. You're riding animals and being gentle with your riding animals and not abusing them and neglecting them, but rather caring for them. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sakhara lana, He subhanahu wa ta'ala has given these beasts to us and created them for our disposal or at our disposal. And we can use them in order to travel as it was done in those days so therefore it's, it's, it's important that we show gentleness and care and uh, for these animals and not neglect them and this is again exemplified and showed by the sahaba radiallahu again when we look at all of these benefits taken from this hadith which is barely four lines shows you to imagine the narrations and you look in the books of sahih bukhari you look in the books of sahih muslim uh, the kutub the sunan you look at the musnad of imam ahmed you look at the the mustakhrajat, the other narrations which connected connect with different chains of narrations for those books. You look at the books of the Muwatta of Imam Malik, the narrations in the Muwatta. Huh? You look at these narrations, these hadith of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. If you were to spend our time studying these narrations with sincerity, consistency, we have inshallah ability to get truly, uh, to be truly one of those who have fiqh and understanding in the deen. As the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ بِهِ خَيْرًا يُفَقِّهُ فِي الدِّينِ Whoever Allah wants good for gives them understanding of the religion. Look at this hadith here, four, five lines. We can go through a 20 minute discussion. And that's a general discussion, the books of hadith and more. As it relates to this hadith. So hopefully this encourages all of us, myself, my dear beloved brothers, and my sisters to have this zeal and this thirst to seek the knowledge and seek the, the knowledge and the understanding of the hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam the final hadith as promised we're going to deal with today the hadith on Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha another narration from Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha al-mukthirah those who narrated Frequently from the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Qalat She said Kana yakun Kana yakun alayya sawmu Min Ramadan Fama astati'u An uqdiya illa fi sha'ban In this hadith which is in Bukhari Muslim Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala anha She said That There were I, I owed fasts from Ramadan. I owed fasts 
from Ramadan. I owed fasts from Ramadan. And I was unable to make them up up until Sha'ban, the following Sha'ban. Meaning uh, 11 months later or 10 months later. So she delayed making up her fast. She said she was not able to make up a fast up until the the month before the next Ramadan. The month before the following Ramadan. And this hadith of Aisha radiallahu anha, a lot of fiqh and understanding that we can take from this hadith. So bi'idhnillahi ta'ala we'll deal with some brief points and masail that we can take from this hadith. The first one is the rawi, the narrator of this hadith. And that is Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Again, we've done her biography before. And I'm sure if I were to ask my beloved brothers and sisters, how many narrations did Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha narrate from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? I'm sure my fellow students of hadith will say 2,210 narrations from the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. Point number two, the mawdu al-hadith. Yani, if you were to give a title to this hadith, what would the title be? The title would be Hukmu Ta'khiri Qada'i Ramadan. And that is the ruling of delaying making up your fast from Ramadan. The ruling of delaying making up your fast from Ramadan. That's the title that we can give to this hadith. After this we mention some general benefits that we can take from this hadith. The first benefit is Jawazu Ta'khiri Qada'i from Ramadan ila Sha'ban. That is a permissibility to delay making up your fast till Sha'ban, yani, till a month before the next Ramadan. A month before the next or the following Ramadan. You can delay up until then. But the ulama have mentioned that it's preferred that you, if you have the ability to make it up as soon as possible. But here Aisha radiallahu anha, she said, فَمَا أَسْتَطِيعُ I couldn't make it up. And Aqdiyahu. I couldn't make it up. Illa fi Sha'ban. Except for Sha'ban just before the next Ramadan. I had no ability. So the Umar said that if you don't have an Udr, you don't have an excuse, don't delay it. Make up the fast as soon as possible. Hafidhukumullah. Second benefit that we can take from this hadith. And that is, that is impermissible to delay Making up your fasts until the next Ramadan. Meaning you wait till the next Ramadan has come and then the Ramadan has arrived. The following Ramadan and you haven't made up your fast. This is impermissible. And that's based on this hadith. And the Aisha radiallahu anha. She waited up. She, she delayed it up until Sha'ban. She delayed it up until Sha'ban. And this the ulama have extrapolated from this. That it's not permissible to delay it past Sha'ban next year. Meaning you delay it till after the next Ramadan. You have to do it before the coming or the next or following Ramadan. And that's taken from this hadith. And like as, as mentioned, that also from this it shows that we have to race towards making up our fasts. Whether it's making a fast because you were musafir, traveling. Or making up your fast due to Hayd uh, or Nifas. Or due to menstruation, or or the postnatal period, or whether it's due to some type of ailment or sickness that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has cured you 
from before the, the next Ramadan, you make it up as soon as possible, as soon as you're healthy and have the ability to make it up. Al-Mubadara Bil-Qadah We have to race towards making our fast up as soon as possible. The next benefit that we can take from this hadith is that the Messenger وسلم, knew that she had to make this up so it's permissible to delay. It is permissible to delay with an excuse in that she, Aisha lived with the Messenger وسلم, and she, he uh, acknowledged, uh, Taqreer acknowledged her delaying it up until Sha'ban, which means it's permissible to do it when you have an udhr, when you have an excuse. But if you do, Barakallahu Feekum, uh, delay making up your, your fast to after the following Ramadan, it's a sin and you have to make tawbah. You have to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seek forgiveness. And uh, some of the ulama like the Hanabila and other than them, taken from the Athar of some of the Sahaba like Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, they say that if you delay it after the next Ramadan, that you have to Feed a poor person for every day that you owed, that you delayed and you were late in making up. You have to feed a poor, you have to make up the fast and feed a poor person for every day that you owed, that you delayed till after the next Ramadan. Hafid ibn Hajar Raskalani, rahimullah ta'ala, he mentioned that uh, there is no clear evidence on making it on, on uh, feeding uh, the, the, the uh, poor person for the delay, and there's no evidence in negating it. So that which is safer is from the fatwa of uh, Shaykh al-Islam Abdul Aziz ibn Baz, rahimullah ta'ala, is that you feed a poor person for every day, that you delayed till the next Ramadan. Now, and that's the safest option. But fundamentally, the individual should repent to Allah. And also fundamentally, it should try and not allow that to happen and race to uh, make up your fast. Another benefit that we can take from this hadith, on this narration from Aisha, عنها, is her good manners. The good manners of Aisha, عنها, her being dutiful to the Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Her showing an example of how a wife should be. And your question is, where is this from mentioned in this hadith? And that is that her student, Yahya ibn Sa'id al-Ansari, in Bukhari, an explanation has been mentioned for why she delayed her fast. And Yahya he said, who's a narrator in this chain, Ashughlu min Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aw bi Rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it's mentioned in Sahih Bukhari number 1849 for those who want to go back. And that is that Yahya said that the reason why she delayed her fast was her uh, deal, uh, uh, taking care of the Messenger وسلم, taking care of his needs taking care of his needs in that she didn't fast 
So if the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wanted to have relations with her, she would be available. She did not delay it because she just couldn't be bothered. She delayed it because she wanted to be there for the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So if he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wanted to have relation with her, she would indeed not be fasting and be available to uh, to be with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And this no doubt comes from the consensus, the ijma that is mentioned by an Nawawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, the consensus from the ulama of hadith that if, uh, uh, that if it's uh, a woman should not uh, fast except that she has consulted her husband, she should not fast unless she's consulted her husband and then he's given the okay. And this is a consensus. And Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, she delayed the fasting so she can be there for the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Radiallahu ta'ala anha. The best of women. Khayrun nisa. The best of women. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha. Look at her humility. Look at her compassion. Look at her care for the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. What a woman. Radiallahu ta'ala anha. And this is how we have to cultivate our daughters and be good examples for our children in the manners that we, are, we have to have as husbands and the manners that uh, uh, our sisters should have of being wives as this inshallah will be replicated by our sons and our daughters. So these type of benefits here are muhim jiddan. And the ulama have said that this is the reason why from them Yahya rahimahullah ta'ala from the tabi'in from the narrator of this hadith ash-shaghul min rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa bi rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam she was busy dealing with the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and dealing with his needs sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam and this they said the ulama that this is the daydana and this was the norm of not just Aisha radiyallahu ta'ala all of the Ummul Mu'mineen, all of the mothers of the believers, Radiyallahu Ta'ala Anhun, Radiyallahu Ta'ala Anhun. And with this, Barakallahu Fikum, we conclude our lesson today as it relates to Kitab Al-Siyam from Umrut Al-Hakam, the chapter, the book of fasting from Umrut Al-Hakam. And the chapter pertaining to traveling and likewise a new topic as it relates to making up uh an old fast from the hadith of Aisha We continue Bidnillah next week uh with that which remains from the narrations in this book. So inshallah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and taqabbal min al-jami' and to accept from all of us and that increases us in knowledge and humility and understanding and sincerity and truthfulness ameen wallahu a'lam wa ahkam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala ashraf al-khalq nabiyyina muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen